Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. One more hour of the program. Thanks to our audience all week long. All our listeners have been fantastic here. Bringing the fire talking about the NOLA no call, the Saints, Roger Goodell, and everything that's happened there. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll, not no call based, but this will be important going into the offseason and certainly the next probably year and a half should the saints offer wide receiver michael thomas the richest wide receiver contract ever eligible for a new contract this offseason has one more year left on his contract what will the saints do you can vote yes he's worth it no those teams never win talking about teams with highly paid wide receivers went into some of those stats that's a storyline here beyond the no call that we'll be watching this offseason. And I don't really expect the Saints to offer him a huge extension this offseason. That's just me. And maybe uh, we'll hear more come out, and maybe that will happen. But we'll see what happens with that. Also, we're talking about Roger Goodell. Still no comment from the commissioner's office. Roger Goodell, he remains hiding in his lair, waiting for the full moon to appear, I suppose, to come out and make a statement. Just waiting for this to all blow over. It's not going to blow over. Here's a text from the 985. Why do you think Goodell hasn't said anything yet? I might have missed your previous comments on this night before I got off work. I think he hasn't said anything yet because he believes, Tim and I were just having this conversation, producer Tim off the air, he believes that the best course of action is just to say nothing and hope this dies down by the time he gives his State of the Union address next week, State of the NFL address. Uh, Here's the thing, Roger. Not only is it the wrong thing to do as the head of the NFL to just sit on your hands and hide and cower and do nothing, but this ain't blowing over. This isn't blowing over. See, that's how fired up I am about this. It just said ain't. <laughs> I go really start. My, my roots will really start coming out here talking more about roger goodell and his no comments here just defies explanation back to the phone lines we go by the way rest of the hour uh, we will have a second half of the hour tyler nunez of tigerag.com to come on in lsu basketball on a roll i do want to squeeze in some lsu basketball talk and pelicans lost tonight valiant comeback effort against okc but it falls short they were without four players in this one including ad miritich and randall and yes, Roger Goodell, still hiding in his spaceship, Emperor Goodellatine somewhere. Man, so frustrated. Like I just don't understand it. There's no other industry in the country. We went over this before, but there's no other industry in the country where something this disastrous happens for your industry or your company's credibility and public confidence where it is appropriate, where the CEO of that company just sits back and says nothing. What? All right, to Charles and Metairie. Charles, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. 
Baltimore. Hey, Charles. Hey, Seth. A couple of things I'd like to say. Um, and first of all, enjoying your show. Thanks. Um, what I'm about to uh, mention, I haven't heard anybody else talking about, and something that was striking to me when I saw it live, and I, I haven't watched any replay until I was on YouTube and watched the play over and over and over prior to uh, for the first time I've seen it replayed uh, while I was waiting for you to get on uh, on the show. And by by no means, forgive me for leaving you hanging. I'm going to get to the point. Um, uh, by no means is this disparaging at all. This is just purely for discussion. Okay. And hindsight's twenty twenty, and the game's over. There's nothing we can do about it really at this point. But what was striking to me at the, during the, uh, the 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 interception during overtime, have you had a chance to review that play and look at it closely yourself? Are you talking the about the overtime the interception? Yeah. 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 Of course. Yes. Many times. Okay. Well, what was striking to me when I saw it live was. Um, and again, by no means is this dis- disparaging at all because he's one of my—he's my favorite player, one of my favorites, if not my favorite, meaning Michael Thomas. But I wish that if you look at it closely, is he totally? Uh, I want to try to put this uh, in, a, in a very kind way. He—he he never looked back at the, for the ball. In other words, he—he. He, he was run into, or he actually collided with the defender. Yes, he did, right, and got bumped around, yeah. And he then at that point, he he put on somewhat of an interference act, if you will, like, wow, I got interfered with, and he never looked back at the ball. When he ran into the defender, the defender fell down on his back. Michael Thomas was still on his feet. And he ran, and, and he ran away from the defender. Actually, at that point, with his hands up in the air, like, "Wow, I'm sure. not been interfered with." So, why are you saying that Michael Thomas should have made a better effort on the play? Well, what I'm saying is he never looked back for the ball ever. If he would have looked back for the ball, and again, I, I saw this in real time. I thought this, and again, I, I validated it by just looking at it about a dozen times. When if he'd have looked back for the ball, he could have possibly very possibly caught it and ran in for a touchdown or definitely could have prevented the interception but when he got hit when he ran into the defender maybe you know later at some other point you can look at it again he ran into the defender the defender fell down on his back michael thomas was still on his yep, feet yep yep, yep 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 i got it i got it charles um i get it I, I, when i've watched the play i just thought michael thomas got run into he couldn't pick up the ball and it was just it was incredibly fortunate that Drew Brees' airmailing of a throw went right into the lap, basically, of a guy who was falling down. I mean, that was also pretty exceptional, exceptionally unlucky for the Saints that that happened. Not only that, but Drew Brees got nailed in the face with a hand. Where in the world is the, the roughing the quarterback there that's been called all year long? Another blown call. Yeah, okay, Rams, you want to talk about your face mask call? What about that one? Thanks for the call, Charles. Uh, let's go back to Ginger. Ginger, you were on the top of the last hour, and we had to we couldn't squeeze all you in. You had anything else to add here, Ginger? Yes. Um, I, I hope you understood my question. I'm not sure that you did, but my question was, um, okay, so first there was a hit on Hill, mm-hmm. uh, caused a concussion. Yep. Then there was a helmet-to-helmet on Kamara. Then finally with Lewis. My point is, does the NFL think that the American viewers are so stupid that we don't know that they don't really – care about CTE? Yes. That, yes. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> An affirmative 100% yes, Ginger. The NFL, or at least 
some of the people who are in charge believe that the American public is too stupid to understand that they don't really care about CTE. They care about profits and television ratings and the perception of the sport publicly. It's a good point. Let's go to Frank and Luling. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Good evening. How are you? Hey, Frank. I'm good. I want to go back one game and speak about the Dallas Rams game. If you remember, half the stadium was full with Dallas fans. Well, I think more than half, but yes. <laughs> yes, yes, they okay. were. So, you come to New Orleans to play the game, the Rams and the Saints, a small market versus the largest market in the nation. And we get this no call. And just like your last caller said, uh, the NFL thinks the American public's stupid. I mean, you got 75,000 people in a stadium, millions of people watching, and the six officials on the field can't see what everybody else sees. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I, well, I mean, we've been talking about that all week, of course. I mean, the, okay, I don't, I don't so understand how you don't you see got, it. You got LA going to play in a Super Bowl, which is going to get the largest uh, viewing market in the nation to watch TV. Well, second largest, but yeah. More, more viewers, more money, more, more viewers, more sponsors, more money. Right. I, I understand mean, I never, that. But so we're going back to a conspiracy theory that this was Roger Goodell? Well, you haven't heard anything from Goodell. Well, that's true. Just what is he going to say? But I don't. I guess we I don't understand forward. your part. I don't. I don't understand your point about the market. You're saying that this was a well, vast I mean, conspiracy I, I theory. Were we cueing the Twilight music again here? No, I just think it's a jump start for the Rams. Well, and I mean, they're they're, well, I'm, Frank, we're having a little fun with it here, but it is a jump start for them. The NFL will have some of their league offices in the new stadium out in Los Angeles, in Stan Kroenke's building, who's the owner of the Los Angeles Rams. It's, the optics of this are terrible. You have two officials from Los Angeles and on this play, four from California. I understand it's a massive state. You could fit the entire Gulf South times two in the state of California, population-wise. Probably more than that. I get it. The optics aren't good. Let's go to Joey in Pearl River. Joey, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. How's it going, man? It's okay. It's okay. Uh, don't, don't even answer. That yeah. was the dumbest question of your day. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, listen. I heard Mike Hoss earlier this afternoon on the show in studio, and he brought up a, a real interesting point. Was that uh, when the infraction occurred, we're talking, you know, we're at the two, we're at the two, three-yard line, the collision, you know, um, by the way, when I was playing ball, we called it spearing. Um, you know, the, mm, mm-hmm. the I remember that call. On, yeah. On, yeah. Okay. Um, but um, everybody, you know, uh, did, uh, especially the referees, they were like at a Chinese fire drill. They didn't want to hear anything from Sean. They, you know, nobody threw the flag. They wanted to move on to the next play as if the clock was still running. The only clock that was still running was the one on the wall at the house here. 
I mean, it wasn't at the dome. I mean, it was a dead ball. Yeah, um, I get what you're and, saying. No, I get what you're saying there, Joey. But here's the thing: the, the official, yes, they blew the call. It was absurd, and, and they, one of one of the flags should have come. Obviously, I've been talking about that all week. I don't. I feel like I don't even say that again. But in any situation like that, when you have a head coach running down the sidelines every single time, they're going to tell him to shut up get back and let's move on that that's just standard operating procedure in the nfl right okay but earlier in the game you had uh uh golf drop la had the ball marching down the field golf dropped back to his right and threw a dump pass out to Gurley in the flat Mm -hmm. you had the wide receiver of uh the Rams engage Eli Apple with the block before the ball got to Gurley. The, the ref threw the flag. The, it was, right, the, you're talking about the – Gurley dropped the ball. Yeah, so you're, you're wondering why the they ball. talked about that one, right? You're talking about the offensive right. pass interference that they picked up and they announced there's no offensive pass interference. So, so what I'm talking about is McVay. If you look, McVay – Stays in the ear of those. Uh, yeah, but it's not the Joey. No, no, I, I understand. I understand. It's frustrating that that the call and, and McVeigh was allowed to talk in that situation. You think Sean wasn't in the last play? But here's the difference: that play was in the coach's box. Sean McVeigh is allowed to stand right where he was standing and yell at the officials. As long as he doesn't go too overboard, he won't get flagged. Sean Payton went all the way down inside the ten yard line. That's not allowed. That's not in the coach's box. So it's it's not apples to apples there. In my mind, I will say this about that OPI. I thought it was a good no call. I thought they picked up the flag, and I thought, okay, actually, you know what? That wasn't really a lot. I, but, just, again, one man's opinion here. 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. The last lap continues with your calls after this. Welcome back to the show. Let's get right back to the phone lines. Lots of calls to get to here. Talking Saints, the NOLA no call, the fallout from that, and – just general therapy here for the Houdat Nation and really the NFL fan base in general here all week long. Let's go to Jack and Metairie. Thanks for hanging on, Jack. How you doing? Uh, thanks for uh, being so appreciative of the Saints. You know, we don't want to go with the no call. That was three penalties on one. It's obvious we all know what they did. Us. You know what? I hope there's any Saints players or coaches listening because we need to let them know how much we appreciate what they did. We know what they did for us this year, and they deserve it. They should have a Super Bowl for them. I mean, Super Bowl parade during the Super Bowl. We boycott that. We go to the parade and celebrate the Saints because they did good this year, and we love the winning they brought here. Sean Payton, he's put us on the map in postseason. How can you forget what they did this year? They should be praised. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this. I, from what I know, there might be a few people inside that building, Saints headquarters, listening to the Houdat Nation and all of you on our station and across sports radio here in the city all week long. Yeah, it's a little therapy for them, too. A lot harder for them than it is for us, no doubt about that, right? I just cover the team. You root for the team. You're invested. You just root for the team. And this this costs them money. This costs them legacies This, in, in no small terms change their football lives right let's go to craig welcome into the show craig uh hey seth look seth i'm gonna try to get this in real quick uh my feelings are it was pure incompetence on the play i'm gonna tell you where i'm going with this i told my wife early in the game early in the 
first second quarter, there was some defensive pass interference or holding that they just normally call and they weren't calling. And I told my wife, I said, they're calling this game different than they've called for the previous 18 weeks in the year. And, and, uh, and, and where I'm going with this is I'm hoping that when, when Goodell gets to a press conference or someone, the question needs to be asked, asked, was there an official directive from the league telling these guys to call the game different and let these guys play? And I'm okay with that, Seth. But the problem where the incompetence comes in, the official that, that, that on the field were too damn incompetent to where they couldn't distinguish from the directive between a blatant, a blatant penalty and a nitpicky penalty. And that's where I'm going with this. I think the guy sat, swallowed his whistle because they were told an official directive to let them guys play. Well, Roger Goodell, actually- well, I'll tell you this, Craig. Roger Goodell, it, it, it's obvious now he's not going to make any kind of statement. If he does, it'll be a written statement that'll be released on Friday like you do in, in the news media cycle to kind of bury it a little bit tomorrow or an and or, I suppose, next week when he gives his state of the NFL address, he'll face questions from the media and – I just hope that the media asks him pointed questions. I don't want anybody grandstanding, throwing out these long-worded, long-winded questions that he can filibuster and dodge. Just ask him, is what happens in the Saints-Rams game acceptable? What are you doing to fix it? And heck, since nobody's admitted it yet, were there blown calls on the play? Something like that. I hope people actually hold him to account. I have faith that they will. 504-260-1870. 504-260-1870. The text line is 870-870. We've got a quick break for news. And then back with more of your calls, I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim Zimmer, our producer behind the glass. And this is the last lap on WWL. Straight back to the phone lines. We'll go to Joe in Mandeville. Joe, what's going on today? <laughs> Seth? Joe? Hello. Well, I'm yeah, here. Don't, be a, don't get upset now. I'm just going to ask you about the city council. What did you think about them passing a resolution? It's silly. It's petty. It's it's not productive. I don't like it. I don't like the lawsuits. I don't like the congressional hearings that are supposedly being held. No, that's all nonsense to me, Joe. This is weird. Okay, that's what I figured. But real quick, I just wanted to let you know, you know, they're starting to bring up some of these receivers uh, for New Orleans about what they could have done and shouldn't have done. You're still not going to address on why the referee didn't throw the flag. Right. Okay. That's that's the main and issue I'm here. To me. <laughs> I'm just telling you, he didn't throw the flag. Okay, we all know it was pass interference. Okay, we all know it was pass interference. Helmet to helmet, it was all of that. Okay, the only reason why he didn't throw the flag is because Michael Lewis didn't go for the ball. Okay. Well, he couldn't go for the ball, Joe. Tommy Lee Lewis couldn't go for the ball because he was run over like a with a Mac like a Mac truck took him out on the sidelines and he didn't have a chance to go for the ball. Uh, all he had to do was just act the whole thing out <laughs> and play it out. And look, and you saw what he did. He bounced right back up and went to the huddle. Mm-hmm. And all he had to do was just lay there. I know, and but that, this is this is where I, I – I, you know what? A different caller brought that up in hour one of the program. And I'm not faulting Tommy Lee Lewis for that because I don't want the NFL devolving into soccer – where you have guys rolling around on the field, the turf, the grass, you know, acting like they got their legs chopped off, 
after every single incompletion, which we have seen. I'm not faulting Tommy Lee Lewis at all. He's coached, hey, get up, go into the huddle. We'll bark and argue about the calls. I have zero problem with what Tommy Lee Lewis did. It, it Now, you are right. Had he pulled and you know an Antonio Brown or a, I don't know, Julio Jones actually isn't bad at it. Whatever receiver, Des Bryant or Terrell Owens or whoever you want that throws a hissy fit out there, maybe there would have been a flag called, a flag thrown. But that's not how I want my NFL wide receivers to act. So I'm not going to be hypocritical myself. I didn't have a problem with what he did there. But, I mean, you're right. A different caller brought it up. Maybe the result would have been different there. But that's just an indictment on the officiating again. That's If that if you got to throw a tantrum out there to get a call, or if you throw a tantrum, if that's going to change officials' calls, isn't that another indictment on the officiating at the NFL level? That stuff like that can change how are you going to call the game? Yeah, thanks for the call, Joe. T- uh, Tim, what you got? I was going to say, what if the NFL comes out this week and says they're going to fine the the you know the Rams player for an illegal hit or head to head helmet to helmet contact? Are they now admitting that it was in a, a bad call? Yeah, they- but they do that all the time during the year. They'll, they'll penalize and, and fine players for helmet to helmet hits that didn't get called. That's that's they've had that precedent for a very long time. It, sh- it should be a fine. I, I just There's so many levels of this. I'm trying to stay professional. Because I feel like if they're going to find... <laughs> I'm trying to stay professional and you know, keep my like composure here. Find but. The player, if they're going to find the player, then I mean, that, that right there just admits that it's a bad call. They blew it. Well, everybody in the world saw that it was a bad call and they blew it. Like, what are you... You're admitting something well, that everybody NFL knows. Hasn't admitted it yet. No, but. I understand. But just admit something that everybody knows. This would be, you know, the flat earth people. Like, all of a sudden, if a flat-earth person says, well, you know, the world's actually round, is that breaking news? Come on. The NFL and Roger Goodell is the flat-earth person here. Come out and join the rest of humanity and realize what actually happened. Well, it's Thursday already, and nothing has came out as far as the penalties or, or fines yet, so I'm, I'm figuring that maybe they're not going to fine them at all because usually you would get a penalty by now, like by Wednesday. Yes, about Wednesday. Yes, you're right. Maybe it's not coming. Steven Algiers, you're up here on the last lap. Steve, you're on. Did you say Steve or Dave? Steve, that's you, Steve. Are you Dave? I don't know. We have you, Steve, on the board. If it's Dave, you're on. Whoever you are, you're on the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Okay, look, uh, when I first heard about this rule, uh, my first thought was, well, man, what, what, what are these people thinking? Is this not the perfect example to enforce this rule, to enact the rule? Which rule? Well, you know, you know the rule. The, the, what, what do you call it? Number seventeen. Article seventeen. You know? Yeah, but that's no. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's article, not. Uh, no, it's it's not the perfect opportunity to do that. That not. was that. I'm, well, you can yell at me. I'm telling you, it's not the reason why that was put in. Was for a natural disaster. In other words, if there's a tor- God forbid, if there's a tornado that rips the roof off of the Superdome and you have to stop the game, it gives the NFL the power to say, hey, you can technically, by the letter of our laws, replay the game. This was enacted after the earthquake in San Francisco in the World Series. That's what the rule was for. The rule wasn't put in here. I'm not having. I'm not having this conspiracy theory, Dave. No, that's not the, the reason for this rule. I don't want uh, the power goes out, like Tim just said in the Super Bowl here. The reason for Article 17, I am sorry, 
if you don't want to wake up to the smelling salts here, Article 17 wasn't for the commissioner to go back and replay games that he wants to be replayed because of missed calls. It's not. Do you want the sport that we all love, and we're on the same side here, Dave and everybody else? I would assume we like the NFL. We, lo- we like the s- watching football. We loved this run that the Saints were on. Do you really want the NFL turning into a sport where suits and millionaires in Park Avenue in New York City can sit around a conference table on Monday and go, yeah, you know, I actually didn't like the result there when New Orleans beat Dallas in week eight. Uh, Yeah, it was actually a bad pass interference call. A bad roughing the passer call. So you know what? We're going to make him replay that game at 8-17 in the third quarter. Come on now. I know you don't want that. Have a little perspective in your anger here. I consider myself just about as angry, certainly as angry as anybody in the media in New Orleans. And I think about as angry as anybody who's listening tonight. But I'm having a little perspective and objectivity here. It's 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Back after this on the last lap. Let's get through some texts. Here's one from the 504. The NFL did admit it. Commissioner's lieutenant told Sean Payton we messed up. Yeah, they told Sean. I mean, we we heard that hearsay through Sean Payton in his postgame press conference, but they have not said Jack publicly or issued any statement to the media or you, the fans. That's what they need to do. Another from the 504. Seth, cue the twilight music. There is clear bias in NFL officiating. We have video evidence. Nobody wants to look at it. More from the 504. The challenges are ruled on from New York City, right? Well, they called the Saints before they got to the locker room. They could have called the field. Should have. Well, you can't. There's no challenge. You can't change a pass interference call. There's nothing New York City could do. From the 504, OMG, you hit it. Hashtag Goodell Flat Earth Believer. (laughs) He is the Flat Earth Believer in this analogy, right? Back to the phone lines we go. It's Steve in New Orleans. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Seth. How you doing? Hey, good, Steve. So, um, (laughs) I just, it's taken me this long to be able to call in because, as you can hear, my voice is still affected from Sunday being in the dome. I left it on the field. There you go. No voice Um, Monday. You were part of it. No voice Monday. Yes, sir. Everybody needs to understand one thing and one thing only. That game was changed by an individual that did not play the game. Actually, three. Because Bill Vinovich is clearly shown on camera turning his head while he's following the ball during the play, and he sees it. It's clear as day. The other two refs, the one that was standing in front and waved it off before Tommy Lee Lewis even hit the ground, I don't understand how people don't get where this went wrong. It went wrong because for whatever reason, and you can get conspiracy theories all you want, but the longer the NFL stays solid, the more it's going to come out and the more we're going to talk about that. But the fact is you had at least three refs see that play see that hit at least somebody should have said hey let's get together and talk about it at the very least yeah i've heard None of some that pe- happened yeah steve i've heard some people say it would anybody have had a problem if they would have huddled up and then dropped a flag i know that's not protocol but you know 15 seconds later huddle up then drop the flag no 
the whole world who saw how obvious that was. No, I guess maybe some people in Los Angeles would have, but boo-hoo. Come on here. It just can't be that bad. As far as Vidovich goes, he can't throw the flag there. He, he would be summarily dismissed from his job if he throws a pass interference flag from the referee position in the backfield, whether he was watching it or not. Thanks for the call, Steve. We'll go to Brian in Covington. Brian, what's up? Hey, Seth, how's it going? We're okay, Brian. How are you? Uh, oh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm slowly but surely getting over this thing. Um, I was thinking about something. When it was I was listening earlier when they were talking about you've been talking about conspiracy theories, and uh, you don't want to believe it, but the way this is going. But I had I had another theory that I wanted to run by. See what you think. Okay. Um, we're looking at this the wrong way. We're thinking it's about the Rams that they want to build up the LA market. What if there's something else? And what I mean is the legacy of Tom Brady right now. He's the golden boy. He's the goat, right? Well, he does have his five Super Bowls, but breeze has all the records. He's got the total yardage record. He's got the completions record. He's got, he's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. If that call is made and Brady uh, breeze goes to the Super Bowl and beats Brady. Now you're looking at breeze two and zero in the Super Bowl with victories over Manning and Brady and an NFC Championship victory over Brett Favre. Okay, okay, Brian. Different kind of conspiracy theory. Cue the music. This is about Tom Brady and his legacy against Drew Brees' legacy. <laughs> That's one way to go with it, Brian. I'm not believing it, but, again, I'm just my opinion. Wait, what's that, Tim? I said if it was about Brady, they would have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, right? They wouldn't have let Nick Foles win that. Wouldn't let the Eagles win that Super Bowl. Or every other Brady Super going for year. number six this year. Certainly just an incredible career from an incredible quarterback. Let's go to Henry in New Orleans. Henry, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Seth? I'm all right, Henry. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, you know, it's like the longer this thing, you know, linger on, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's just so heartbreaking. You know, um, I was listening to Eric Dickerson today on Undisputed with Skip Bayless. And he said he practically, uh, they, they practically uh, telling on themselves, you know, all of them, you know, because he was even saying that, uh, you know, they talked with those refs and they had a situation where they was just letting those refs know that, hey, you know, we, we uh, this, these refs always give us a hard time. So they wanted to prove to these uh, Rams that they, you know, they'll, they'll favor them a little bit in this game. And, and that's what happened. They, that was that was complete bias on that field, and I think that they maybe should have a situation where it's like a a, a, a referee surrendering flag. Where but wait, but, but but Henry, here's the thing. Here's my problem with all of that. I if I'm being completely objective here, I thought the game was officiated very well up to that point. There, of course, there's mis there's missed calls in every single game that you play in football at every level. In my personal opinion here and i would plant the flag on this side up to that moment i thought the game was officiated about as well as you could ask yes they missed a uh, face mask on goth but they also missed what i thought was either a hold or a pass interference on ted ginn earlier in the game right it's a give and take here i'm not going to say this whole game was slanted because that's just not true in my opinion i don't think it was i thought it was well officiated until that point and then you had the biggest officiating debacle in NFL history. Tim Zimmer.
I think the biggest difference on the Rams penalties from the Saints and the penalty that we saw at the end of the game on Tommy Tommy Lee Lewis was one was obvious. The other face mask, you know, face mask penalty in golf, the other holding car, you know, call on them, that wasn't as obvious. I mean, right. the, the the Saints penalty was blatantly obvious. Yes. And I think that's why it's so big. Yes. And like if people want to argue, well, the Saints had to, you know, they grabbed Jared Goff's face mask. Well, they missed it. It was It, it was kind a, of a grazy. Yes, it, it was a face mask, it was like a obvious, glancing blow. It was an obvious call. Right. And neither was the hold call on Ginn. Not many people watching the game live would have saw that. Yes. And that's the difference and the moment in which it happened. Absolutely, Tim. Spot on here. Let's go to Rachel in Slidell. Rachel, thanks for listening tonight. Hi. Hey. I, I'm just thinking, I guess I'm the only one in the state of Louisiana that hasn't seen the play because I only listened to the game on the radio. I was recording the game on DVR, and as soon as that play happened, I deleted all the recordings. Well, you, you heard Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister flip out about it, right? I did. I did. And... As as soon as that happened, it's like game over. Yeah, game over. Yeah, Rachel. I, look, I'm not Rachel. I'm not. Don't go watch it. It's just gonna add more heartbreak, right? Like you, you well, already probably burned that to, tape. I've got nothing to watch. I'm not. I am not gonna go to YouTube or anything to watch it. But um, I guess I, I want to say one thing that I haven't heard uh-huh. anybody say, and. I was so surprised listening to the beginning of the game, and I heard Jim Henderson, and that oh, was yeah. so surprising. I cool? loved what he had to say, and it reminded me of when the field goal was kicked and we went to the Super Bowl. And it was a really special I had moment. That same, I had that same expectation. For this past weekend. Yeah, it was, a lot, it was a really special moment. Anybody who doesn't know what Rachel's talking about there, Jim Henderson's surprise appearance, he did the open right before Zach and Deuce went on air for the play-by-play call. It was a really special moment, heartwarming moment there. And the other call that Rachel was referencing there, Zach and Deuce, this is what they saw and how they called the infamous snow call. Ah, yes, the conspiracy theories coming fast and frequent here all week long. We're playfully giving you a little business out there. If you believe in those, it's fine. I understand certainly why you're upset and you would believe um, in every single possibility that might be the reason why the infamous no, no call happened. Look, again, like I've said really all week long, the audience has been incredible. We really have. We will open it up again tomorrow, 8 o'clock p.m. at 10.30 p.m. here on the last lap. Also, Deuce and Zach, they have fans in the pros starting at 4 o'clock. So basically 4 o'clock until 10.30 p.m. tomorrow. More of your calls all show long. Thanks for calling. If we didn't get to you, try again tomorrow. Also, you can text us at 870-870. Give me a follow on Twitter. We're chatting off the air all day long at Seth Dunlap. And, of course, follow the station at WWLAM. FM. Our Blue Rudder Foods opinion poll was, should the Saints offer wide receiver Michael Thomas the richest wide receiver contract ever? And 79% of you are saying, yes, the Saints should. Thanks to Tim Zimmer behind the glass, Tom Manessis, our assistant program director, and Diane Newman, our program director. Our guest, Andrew Doak and Mike Dettelier. Tyler Nunez will be on tomorrow talking LSU basketball. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. I'm Seth Dunlap, handing it off to Beyond Reality Radio. And four Major League Baseball players will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. We found that out a couple of days ago. Roy Halladay, Mike Messina, Mariano Rivera by unanimous vote, and the best right-handed hitter I have ever seen, Edgar Martinez. Our moment is in. Here's Gar. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.